Well, good morning, Lighthouse Baptist Church. Good to see you all today. Um, let's open with a word of prayer before we start. God, we get to meet together today. We get to worship you together. God, we get to hear from you today through your scripture. God, we get to know deep down, even into our bones, that we are more loved than our minds can even begin to comprehend, God. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much that we see you so clearly in Jesus. We thank you, God, that we are so loved that we can't even fit the understanding of it into our brains, God. As we learn about forgiveness today, God, I pray that you would think back to times in our lives where we were forgiven, and we will also think about those who we have not yet forgiven. God, I pray that you would do work on our hearts, and our souls, and our minds, so that we cannot just be disciples who learn from you, but apostles who are sent out into all of the world. We love you and we pray that you would guide us in deeper understanding of the scripture, of your word. God, please speak your word through me, but God, please open our ears and our hearts to understanding, which we can only have as you guide us deeper into it. We love you and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're in our third week in our series on the book of Acts. So we're looking at how the book of Acts shows us how those who belong to the way of Jesus look like. Well, what did we look at first week? We're filled with the Holy Spirit. Last week we looked at how we're bold in the name of Jesus. And this week we're looking at about how we are forgiven and we are forgiving. That's what people who belong to the way of Jesus look like. They're forgiven people who forgive people. Now in our passage today, we're going to learn about the first Christian martyr. In other words, the first Christian who died for their faith, specifically being in Jesus. And that is Stephen in Acts chapter 7. Now Acts chapter 6 sets up our passage today. Basically, Stephen, who is able to preach with wisdom people who are not able to stand up against his preaching basically make up lies about Stephen, say that he's been blaspheming, he's been speaking out against Moses, and so he's brought before the same council that we saw Peter and John standing before in our scripture passage last week. And so Stephen gives a long speech, we won't read all of that today, but we'll read the ending of it, but basically Stephen basically says, now you say that Jesus is in the wrong, but Jesus is in the right and, and you're in the wrong. So Stephen, what he has to say about Jesus does not go well with them. So our passage today is Acts chapter 7, verses 51 through 60. Acts chapter 7, verses 51 through 60. So Stephen concludes his speech. He says, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, 
so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So we're looking at forgiveness today. One of the great figures of forgiveness in our time is someone, I don't know if you've heard of her, a remarkable woman who is named Mother Antonia. So Mother Antonia, she left her life in America to become a nun and moved to a very difficult prison in Mexico and worked with the prisoners there. Now in 1979, Mother Antonia, she started what she called the Day of Forgiveness. So the prison inmates, she would go up to them and say, write down the name of somebody who you are not able to forgive. You can write down their name. You can write down the whole story of what happened between you. And for those of you who can't write, just think about that person and draw an X. What she would do is she would go with the priest to the chapel and they would burn those papers on the altar and she would take the ashes and mark the sign of the cross on the inmates' foreheads. And she wouldn't stop there. She would go to the police station and do it. She would go to the TV news station and do it. She would go on the corners of all the streets and do this. Now, why was she doing this? Why did she start the day of forgiveness? Well, because she knew that prison, especially this prison, had a culture of an eye for an eye. Now, she said the only way for us to stop this violent culture of an eye for an eye is for at least one person to forgive. She knew that if we hold people's sins against them, we think it will hurt them, but really ends up hurting us. She said that unforgiveness is like a boomerang. It comes back at us, and it makes us ugly. She said, forgiving is hard, but not forgiving is harder. You may have heard the expression, not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and expecting it to kill the other person. You know, if you don't forgive someone, you may 
think, okay, this is going to hurt them, but more often than not, it's really going to hurt you. It's going to make your condition and quality of life worse. So we know there's a reason God taught us to forgive. One of the big reasons is that he wants what's best for us. He wants the best life for us, and he knows that if we don't forgive, we're not going to have the life that he gave us, or at least wants us to have, specifically in Jesus. So if we know that not forgiving others is so bad for us, then why do we struggle with forgiving people so much? Well, the reason is because it's hard. Now, if somebody does something small to me, I can easily forgive that. But if somebody does something big against me, if somebody really hurts me, I might find it hard to just say, I forgive you. And even when I say, I forgive them, I may not have actually forgiven them. I may still be holding on to what I feel like they owe me. So when we look at Stephen being stoned to death and yet forgiving those who did that to him, we may say, that looks so easy. How do you make it look so easy, Stephen? Well, fortunately for us, we can see from Stephen and we can see from the early church how they were able to forgive. So what can we learn from them that teaches us how to forgive? Well, in Acts chapter 6, how is Stephen described? Well, in verse 8, if you turn to verse 8 in chapter 6, it says, Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Stephen was full of what? Grace. And Stephen was full of power. And in order for us to forgive like Stephen, we must be filled with what Stephen was full of. So we can only forgive if we're full of grace. Now what is grace? Grace is freely extending yourself to someone. Freely is the key word here. Now we extend ourselves to people a lot of times for a price. But no, grace is freely extending yourself to someone. Whether they deserve it or not, you don't retreat yourself from them, though you forgive them. Now that doesn't mean we don't have proper boundaries in life with certain people. But what it does mean is that we don't hold their sin against them. Rather, we extend ourselves towards them or extend our forgiveness towards them, extend the canceling of their debt towards them. I remember when I was in ninth grade, for some reason in gym class, I had a friend who we were I don't remember if we were disagreeing about something or fighting. I really don't remember. It was a long time ago. What I do remember is that they got so upset with me that they pushed me down to the ground. And of course, it seemed like they seemed upset about this. Not as upset as I was. I was pretty mad at them. And they said, I'm sorry, Cody. I'm, I'm sorry I did that. Will you forgive me? And I said, no. No way. And I walked off. And I wondered about that moment because I knew that Jesus had forgiven me. Why did I not forgive that person? I mean, I knew the concept of forgiveness. I knew I should forgive. But I knew in that moment I did not want to forgive. 
I wanted to hold what he did against him. Now, that's not the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. A lot of people have stuff happen like that to them, especially as a teenager, people get into fights. But how was I able to forgive other people in my life who have done much worse things to me, and I wasn't able to forgive this person who, when I was 14, did something that I felt like was unforgivable? Well, the reason is because I was not doing what Stephen was doing. In other words, I was not looking towards heaven. Where was Stephen looking at? When the crowd was angry, they were enraged. When you look at the Greek, it says they were their hearts were cut. They ground their teeth at Stephen. They're obviously angry at Stephen. But was Stephen noticing that? No, he was too busy looking up to heaven. And what did he see when he looked? He said, behold, I see the glory of God. And I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Now, we're used to the idea of Jesus being at the right hand of God. But when we hear about that, what is Jesus doing? Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. But in this passage, he's standing at the right hand of God. Why is he standing here? Well, I believe it was a sign of encouragement from Jesus to Stephen, as Stephen was about to go through something horrific like being stoned. But he's also standing because that's what he does for all of us. He extends himself freely towards us. Jesus wasn't just sitting back when Stephen looked at him. No, Jesus was standing, leaning forward. He's freely extending himself to Stephen. And that was what I failed to do with my friend. Why? Because I did not pay attention to how much Jesus freely extended himself to me. Now, if we want to forgive, we must be enamored with the forgiveness that's been given to us. We must see Jesus standing for us, and only when we see Jesus standing for us will we be able to stand for other people. Stephen certainly did not deserve for Jesus to stand to him. No, Stephen needed grace. He needed God to freely extend himself to him. And Stephen was full of grace. So he was full of that thought, consumed by the thought that Jesus stands for me, extends himself towards me freely. And that's what it means to be full of grace, to be full of the concept of God that I am forgiven. And because I'm forgiven, I can forgive. Because grace has been offered to me, I can offer grace. So Stephen was full of grace, but he was full of power. And we've talked each week in our series on Acts about power. He had power in the Holy Spirit. Every person that we've looked at, whether it be Peter and John, whether it's Stephen, whether it's the believers in the upper room, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's the power that they have. But what does power even mean? Power is an ability. Power is the ability to do something. So when it says that Stephen walked around doing great signs and wonders full of grace and power, it meant that he was able to do things in the name of Jesus that other people couldn't do because 
Jesus was shining his light through Stephen. Jesus gave Stephen the ability to do things that Stephen could not do in his own for the glory of God, to show God, to prove God, to point to God. So Stephen was full of power. Now, it's interesting because Stephen showed his power. He showed his power in this passage, and I believe he showed his power greater than any other time in his life. How? Because he said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And he didn't just say it quietly. He said it loudly. He raised his voice even as he was being pummeled with stones, falling to his knees. He made sure they were able to hear that he was forgiving them. Stephen did wonders and signs, but this was his greatest wonder and this was his greatest sign was forgiving those who stoned him. Now, we often operate out of our own power and our own ability to forgive. Even C.S. Lewis, who was a renowned Christian writer who's been dead since 1963, but we're still reading his books, we're still listening to what he had to say. In his book, Mere Christianity, probably his most famous book, what did he say about forgiveness? He said, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. I am not trying to tell you in this book what I could do. I could do precious little. I am telling you what Christianity is. Did you notice that? He said, this isn't just a part of Christianity. This is what Christianity is. It's about being forgiven, and it's about forgiving. It's the power and the strength that we have to forgive. A lot of times we try to forgive, and we're so frustrated with ourselves. I can't forgive this person. I can't do it. We're not meant to do this out of our own strength. We're meant to do it in God's strength. C.S. Lewis said, this is what Christianity is. Even Paul said that. He said in Romans 1, 16, he said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to save. In other words, this is the power of God to forgive us. So if Christianity is our power to be forgiven, if Christ is what we depend on for forgiveness, the question is, why aren't you depending on Christ to forgive? If you're depending on Christ to be forgiven, why are you depending on yourself to forgive people? No, this is why Jesus taught us to pray. He didn't just say, oh, God, forgive people. No, he said, pray. When you go and pray, shut your door and say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is something that we can pray for. We can have an awareness of as we're speaking to God about it. We were never meant to be on our own in forgiveness. No, we were meant to be charged by Jesus' forgiveness. And out of the outpouring of that charge, forgive others. And if you say, God, I want to forgive this person, but I just can't. That's okay. It's okay. You've got to start somewhere. And prayer is the best place to start. Start with prayer. Tell God, God, honestly, I don't want to forgive this person. I don't know if I can forgive this person. But when you pray that prayer, you'll realize that God does want to forgive that person. And you can forgive that person because God gives you the ability to forgive them, whether it happens immediately, 
or over days or over years. That is what you can lean on for the power of your forgiveness. Stephen was able to forgive because he was filled with grace and power. Not his grace, not his power. God's grace and God's power. Now, in verse 60, he said, Lord, do not hold their sins against them. Do not hold what they're doing against them. What was he saying? He was saying, Father, forgive them of their debt as you have forgiven me of my debt. Now, in Matthew chapter 18, we see Peter asking Jesus about forgiveness. So in Matthew chapter 18, you can turn there if you want. Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. It says, Then Peter came up to Jesus and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Now, what do we see happening in this passage? We see a man who owed and was forgiven, and yet when he was owed, chose not to forgive. Now, we may not know how much talents are or denarius are. I mean, we know how much they are because of, we've looked it up, but we don't go walking around thinking about how much their money costed. So I'll put it in terms that would be more familiar to us. The amount that the servant owed his master would have taken 20 years working every day to pay off. It would be billions of dollars. And yet, at expense of his own self, the master forgave the debt. And yet, when somebody else owed a debt to the servant who was forgiven, how much was owed then? About 20 weeks' worth of work. So, of course, 
Jesus is not denying the reality that people owe us something, but what is Jesus saying? He's saying, your debt towards me is so great that it's incalculable. It's bigger than you can comprehend. And yet, when you're forgiven that debt, you go out to people who owe you, and you say, I'm not going to forgive you of that debt. What happens when we ask God for forgiveness and when we receive it is we realize how small in comparison what people have done to us is in comparison to what we have done to God. The things that people have done to us, I'm not saying that they're small. There's things that people have done to you that are horrible. There's no excuse for it. And yet the debt that you owe God is a lot bigger than the debt that that person owes you. And when we realize how great the debt God paid for us, then we can also, like Stephen, release the debt that people owe us. Stephen said, forgive them. He was echoing, he was echoing what Jesus said on the cross. Jesus said, for God, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And Stephen said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Now, there was somebody there who we know very well. His name was Saul. We know him as Paul. Saul was his Hebrew name, and as he became an apostle for the Gentiles, he updated with a more Gentile name, Paul. Now, Saul, it says, was at this execution, at the stoning of Stephen. It says the witnesses laid their coats at his feet. Now, witnesses, it doesn't mean historical witnesses, people who saw what happened. No, witnesses were the people that actually did the stoning. So the people doing the stoning laid their coats at Saul's feet. And it goes on to say that Saul approved of what they did to Stephen. And Saul ravaged the church. He would drag Christians out of their homes to be arrested. Paul himself would even say in the book of Galatians, I was violent towards the church. Now, when was the first time Saul ever experienced the grace and the power of Jesus? Well, it, he did meet Jesus on the way to Damascus, but before that, he witnessed God's grace and power in Stephen. Stephen was the first time that Saul ever witnessed the power of Jesus in his life. Now, did he immediately stop what he was doing? Did he immediately repent? Did he immediately come to Jesus for forgiveness? No, he didn't. But Stephen showed him what forgiveness looks like. In other words, he showed Saul what Jesus looks like. Stephen was the first time that Paul got to experience Jesus. And what was he doing to Jesus? He was stoning him. Jesus, when he met Paul on the way to Damascus, he didn't say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting Stephen? He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul had to learn and realize that he ultimately needed forgiveness from God. He ultimately needed forgiveness. And once he received that forgiveness, Paul was able to forgive. Because Paul, what did he say about himself? 
I've been beaten, I've been stoned, I've been beaten with rods, I've been shipwrecked, I've received lashes, I bear in my body the marks of Christ. But what did he say? He said, I forgive them, I do not hold it against them. He knew, even though he had stoned a fellow believer, Stephen, he knew that Stephen had forgiven him. And he knew that even though he had stoned Jesus by stoning Stephen, that he had forgiven him. And so Paul knew, I have been forgiven to forgive. My debts have been canceled so that I can cancel other people's debts. Paul spent his whole life learning book knowledge about God when he experienced and realized the forgiveness that God offers in Jesus. Only then could he be filled with the grace and knowledge of Jesus. And when we are filled with the grace of Jesus, when we're filled with the power of Jesus, then we can forgive because we realize we've been forgiven and we've been forgiven to forgive. Let's pray. God, forgiving people is so, so hard. God, there are people who have done things to us that we think it'll feel really good to hold that against them. But God, we're just drinking poison when we do that. God, I pray that you would help us, give us the grace and the power to cancel people's debts that they owe us because you canceled our debt that we owe you. We thank you, God, for forgiveness. God, we don't know what we would do without forgiveness. We wouldn't have any friendships or relationships. We wouldn't even have a church to gather in if it wasn't for forgiveness. We're all standing here because you forgave us. And in the times that we hurt each other, we can be forgiven by each other. In the times that other people hurt us, we can forgive them. We can free them from the debt that they owe us because you freed us from the debt that we owe you. We love you so much, God, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.